bum bum bottom 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 bum
Almost year and a half. Yeah, yeah, 75 episodes, 75 issues. We've covered six of them already. So what you're about to listen to is just chapter one, issue one. Which we recorded six weeks ago. Yeah. We were completely different people back then. Yeah, we, we totally were. And, and now knowing where this comic has already gone in six issues is so different than what I imagined during this conversation. So many of our subscribers have decided to take this opportunity to either reread Sandman yep. or read Sandman for the first time. And it has been so fun. And so we thought we'd take this anniversary as an opportunity to invite you to join us on this journey. And if you like this weird trip that we go through in this episode, please consider joining us over on Patreon. Uh, that community is so loving and warm and like incredibly creative. You'll have a blast over there. All of our bonus episodes, including the Sandman episodes and those other formats that Brad mentioned earlier, is just a dollar a month. Yeah, one one dollar a month, that's it. And then you can go on our Patreon page and look at the other levels if you're interested. We're not gonna read them to you. You're comic book fans, you're literate. But if subscribing to our Patreon would hurt you in any financial way, please do not do so. There are other ways that you can support Comic Book Couples Counseling. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews really do help us reach more listeners. We say that every week. Please leave us a review. They do help us. Uh, and you know what? On our Patreon feed, you can jump on over there. There are actually several episodes unlocked for free to listen to. Browse around, enjoy those, have a good time. And these Sandman episodes have been some of the most fun that Lisa and I have had on the microphone. They are pretty unfiltered. <laughs> They're very unfiltered. They're very unfiltered. But it's exciting to see the conversation that they have sparked. And right now, because of the Sandman Netflix show that's about to land, uh, there's a lot of excitement for Neil Gaiman and this character. And I feel it. And the world feels it. And it's great to revel in it. But because of our project, we will not be able to watch it no. for like... A, no. but, uh, I mean, a long time, a year and a <laughs> half. Uh, we, we are abstaining from the Netflix show. But we are not abstaining from thanking our patrons. You guys are literally the best, giving us valuable feedback and words of affirmation and filling our love tank every single week. So we are going to take a moment to thank you each by name. There's 48 of them, but don't skip it if you're not on this don't list. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Let's celebrate these people together. They help this show be what it is. So Lisa, I'm going to start it off. Go for it. Thank you, Matt Shatra. Zach Quaintance. Liz H. Veronica Gonzalez. David. Brendan McGowan. Sean Wells. Dan Fleming. Greg Lambert. Clayton. Shelby Mix. Christopher Beckett. Jeff. Bill Kelly. Corey. Dallas Taylor. Steve. Alexandra Cassano. Smudged Comics. Spencer Check. Katie McGuire. 100% Comics. Phil Tobin. Lisa Gullickson. That's me. That's you. Kevin Ford. Boba Fetish. Jamie Garner. Cody. Chris Chaka. Corey Sanford. Matt Hearns. Don Liebel. Ariel Basca, Lindsay Thomas, Patrick Molman, Guido, William Hawk, Denise, that's my mom, yeah, is. Joe Rankley, Gabriel Rusin, Jackie Evans, Jason Ayers, Jesse Tapia II, Art Kennedy, Sean Eastridge, Anthony Latch, Rebecca Pierce, and Greg Gullickson. That's my dad. He was the first. Mom, dad, and wife, all patrons. <laughs> I couldn't access the uh, feed without 
joining. I want your dollar, Lisa. Uh, and you can have it because you're my beloved. And I would subscribe to you on all of your levels. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Top tier. The benefits are astounding. Oh, my. Oh, my, Lisa. That's dirty, I think. Perks! Uh, perks. Uh, all right, let's get on with it. Sandman issue number one. A first read for Brad, a second read kind of for Lisa. But don't forget, we have our third session with Black Canary and Green Arrow coming up. We are reading Quiver and loving it. Uh, so good. Lisa has already cried reading Kevin Smith's Quiver. I love a reunion moment. It's so good. And devastating and brutal. And that episode will be coming on the heels of this Sandman chat. So there you go. Let's get into it. Let's dip into the dreaming together. Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party time, excellent. excellent. What's up, lovebirds? Hello, friends. It is I, Brad Gullickson, and with me, as always, is Lisa Gullickson. Hello. My wife. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. I was like, I'm not going to do my wife. I'm not going to do my wife. But then I did my wife. I love it when you do your wife. Yeah. Oh. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, we are starting something epic. Uh, this is something we were not planning on doing a week ago. Uh, this is something we were not planning on doing a couple days ago. It was kind of a spur of the moment thing. And then suddenly, just before we hit record, we realized what we were committing to. Sandman, issue by issue, 75 issues, 75 episodes. Oh, my. <laughs> I had reservations. Right before <laughs> Brad clicked on the mic, uh, You, I was like, you realize that this is going to take over a year. Um, I still feel like we need to deliver on our other Patreon content. We yes. still need to do our... Uh, married to Singles, we still need to do... Comically real. All of that stuff. Our creator crannies. <laughs> this is all, we're putting another, like, this is like Thanksgiving, and I'm like, you know, another side dish, can we do it? <laughs> <laughs> we can do it, Lisa, we can do it. And we are also going to drop a Pete Dory conversation. Uh, that chat that we had that we incorporated into our Fantastic Four 60th anniversary party special, that is coming on the heels of of this Sandman episode. Oh, I didn't even realize that so wasn't out. It, it's it's exciting. We got we can do it all, Lisa. I am confident that that it is all possible. Uh, this is something that we sort of just put out into the Twitter sphere, uh, and I said, you know, to all you lovely folks, um, hey, you know what? We're so close to forty episodes. If we get to, four, or not forty episodes, we're so close to forty patrons. If we get forty patrons. Let's launch something crazy. Mm -hmm. I've never read Sandman. Lisa's read Sandman a long time ago. It was one of the first comic books, if not the first comic book that I ever read back in college, probably my freshman year of college, which I guess would be like 2003. And was that because of a boy? It was because of a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I was dating somebody who was super into Sandman and all things... Uh, Magical and mystical. And so I was like, okay, I will I will prove how cool I am by reading Sandman all the way through, which I did. And I and I remember enjoying it 
But it's been so long. I really do not. I remember the vibe. Mm -hmm. I remember the lettering, weirdly, is, like, nostalgic to me to be looking at it again. Oh, that's cool. Um, But I don't remember, like, the ins and outs of the plot at all. Yeah, and I think I've read this first issue before. But for whatever reason, I never... I never you crapped out. It. You crapped out on it. I, I yeah, I did. I did, and uh, you know, I'm willing to admit that. But that is all to say, like we are we are attempting something that makes us feel very vulnerable, mm-hmm. covering Sandman so many years after it was already declared a masterpiece, right? Uh, and and you know, I picked up the 30th anniversary trade paperback that came out a little while ago that has this introduction by Patrick Rothfuss. And in that introduction, he says, Shakespeare wishes he wrote Sandman. (laughs) That's a heavy burden to throw on a reading experience. Plus, how do you how would you accomplish this as a stage play? The production values alone. <laughs> well, I mean, they like are, he was really stretching himself with the Tempest. They are coming up with an adaptation right now that I'm very curious about, uh, and so that was also one of those reasons why I wanted to finally read it before I was polluted by anybody else's interpretation of the story. Uh, so there's that excitement to it, um, but you know, like it's. It's. It reminds me of the first time I watched Citizen Kane or Casablanca. You're wading into these stories knowing that the world, the collective, you know, cinematic consciousness has declared these the greatest movies ever made. And you're like, well, can Citizen Kane truly be as good as everyone says it is? And in my case, when I watched Citizen Kane, I went, oh, damn, yeah, this is as great as everyone says it is. And... Same deal with Casablanca. And that could very well be the case with Sandman. Right. But I've also had experiences where people are like, oh, Brad, you got to watch the Parallax View with Warren Beatty. It's a classic. It inspired Captain America, the Winter Soldier. You're going to love the Parallax View. And then I watch the Parallax View and I go like, ah, it's, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I can see the connections to the Winter Soldier. But I, I still like the Winter Soldier more. But I mean, like the parallax view, you know, maybe you'll have one or two casual conversations about it. But we are going to have, how many issues are there again? 75. 75 <laughs> at least yeah. in depth yeah. conversations about Sandman into a microphone. How does that make you feel? I mean, it, I mean, it makes me nervous because. I know that the a lot of the people listening, I, uh, you know, we've chatted already with so many of our patrons who are excited about mm-hmm. us doing this, but they are the experts on Sandman, and uh, I am by far not an expert. And, and like, do you feel really confident with the material as we begin? No, no, of course not. I, and um, the way I always talk about literature as an Enneagram Four is. What can Sandman tell me about myself? Yeah. What you know? What am I taking away from this book? And um, like in a lot of ways, this is going to be uh, you know uh, uh, almost like reading this the very first time. Yeah. Like my memories of Sandman in the past decade, um, you know, I, has now in my memory been reduced to like a, a film trailer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in a vulnerable state. Our listeners are going to be the experts. And I expect this uh, series to be very interactive. I want to hear from you. Like, mm. what you know, when we stumble, let us know. But don't, don't 
don't spoil what's coming forward. <laughs> yes, please don't. Um, uh, for the $5 patrons, obviously you can um, talk. We can chit-chat on the Slack about it. Um, if you're a $1 patron, you can still comment on the Patreon. Yes. Like, we'll be, be sure to, after each or before we record each Sandman episode, to look at the comments of that particular episode, and that would probably be the best place to like put your little... Yeah, then we'll bring them up in the following episode. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. I mean, I think we should also, before we get started, thank the patrons yes, who please. just joined, who made this happen, that took us over 40 listeners or 40 patrons. We're now at 41. Uh, so shout outs to uh, Bill Kelly, Jeff, uh, Christopher Beckett, uh, Shelby Mitch, and Clayton S. Uh, guys, thank you for setting us on this journey. We're nervous, but excited. <laughs> I think it's going to be, I mean, I loved this first issue, spoilers. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, I also love this first issue, Lisa. So I think... You know, like, I don't want to go like, we are in a Citizen Kane. You know, this is Macbeth. We well, are everybody, you know, as a person who uh, occasionally writes things, maybe like an essay, you know, you always come out hot. First, first paragraph, always really good. Can this goodness be sustained for 77? Five. Five. I've just wrote two, well, two more issues. It's 75 issues, and then there are, you know, other comics that come after that. Mm -hmm. I think right now we're committing to the original series 75 issues. That's, That's right. what this series is going to be. Are we going to cover, like, spin-off graphic novels and one-shots? Maybe, but, like... Like, like Lisa said, 75. It's a lot. It's a huge commitment. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge commitment. So that's what we're starting with. Uh, so, okay. Sandman number one. First surprise, I thought Sandman, the entire thing, was under the Vertigo imprint. Mm. But Sandman didn't become a Vertigo title until issue number 40-something. I had it here. I think it's 45. Over halfway through. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it predates Vertigo. Uh, first issue came out in November 29th, 1988. Uh, I think most of you already know that Sandman had a few other iterations before Morpheus. There is the classic Golden Age William Dodds version, which does appear briefly in this issue. Uh, and yesterday, uh, we went to Victory Comics. Yesterday was Jack Kirby's birthday, the 28th of August. It was his 104th birthday. Happy birthday, Jack. And when I was at Victory Comics, knowing that we were going to record this episode, I was like, I would really like to read these issues one at a time with a physical copy. Yeah, in singles. You're right. So let me go see if Victory Comics has Sandman number one. And you're all going, Brad, that's stupid because Sandman number one is worth quite a few uh, coins and you can't afford it. And that's true. So <laughs> I did not buy Sandman number one. Plus at, it wasn't there. It wasn't at Victory. Uh, the, the seventh issue was at Victory. Still pretty pricey. But I went to eBay, checked the eBay prices. It was like, oh, I, I cannot afford it. But they did have... The second iteration of Sandman after William, or not William, Wesley Dodds. Uh, and that is the Joe Simon, Jack Kirby version, Garrett Sanford, issue one, came out in the 70s. I read that before this issue, loved it. 
It's very 70s, it's very cheesy, but a lot of fun. In that version, uh, Sandman is much more of a superhero type character. He's got a cape, he's got a mask, and he lives in the dream dimension, and he's got a couple nightmares. Um, um, uh, Brute and Glob, <laughs> And he uses those two guys like when he needs to, they're like his muscle. And so when something is like, you know, uh, when the um, evil force that he is combating is like a little too much for him, he blows this whistle and they ride the sound waves of this whistle from the dream dimension to wherever the Sandman is to kick butt. And the villain of the first 70s Sandman issue is this former kamikaze pilot named General Electric <laughs> who survived a kamikaze crash and had like gears and electronic stuff put into his brain and he's building dolls that are you know that are like I, I I'm trying to like it wasn't quite totally understandable but like if you connect all the circuits of all these dolls it was somehow going to blow up Washington, D.C. Okay. And so the Sandman and this little boy named Jed partner up to battle uh, General Electric, Electric, General Electric, and fight off some of his Nazi henchmen as well. So nothing like the Sandman issue. Well, there's a dream dimension. Like, that's like a thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, my understanding is that when Neil Gaiman went to Karen Berger and pitched Sandman. His first pitch was a take on the Sanford iteration. Mm. But DC was like, you can do Sandman. We want you to do Sandman, but we want you to come up with something totally new. So you just keep the name, but don't reuse Kirby's. Don't reuse Dodd's. Do something new. And that's how we get what we get here. And I think we can just get into it now. Sandman number one, written by Neil Gaiman, uh, art by Sam Keith and Mike, uh, I'm going to butcher his name here, Mike Dringenberg. I guess Dringenberg's the letterer. Sam Keith provides the pencils. Letters by Todd Klein. Daniel Vazo is on colors. Art Young is the assistant editor. And Karen Berger is the editor. The first thing about this first issue that I feel like I want to address is the fact that this story starts in June 1916 and goes all the way up to mm. the present, which at the time was 1988. Right. And like in a first issue, you don't expect to cover this enormous swath of time. And it's not like this is an origin story, like in June 1916, Sandman was born. Right. You really get the impression that this is just like, like a, just a, like a slice of his expansive, timeless lifetime. Yeah, I was surprised by the structure of the first issue. I was delighted that it is really a one and done comic, mm -hmm. right? Like if no other Sandman comics came after this one, it is still a satisfying reading experience. Almost like a monster of the week kind of thing. Absolutely. Like you can see the television show. You can see the Tales from the Crypt episode. The other thing is it does feel very much of the era that the comic is being written in. It feels like the natural progression from Alan Moore's Swamp mm, Thing. Yes. You know, the, like you, you sense a conversation that is happening there and having just recently, or at least what, two years ago, having read all of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run, like, like it just sits so nicely next to that series. Where it feels almost like 
um, Edwardian or Victorian yeah. or something like that. And, and it's caught up in the same ideas of the occult and of these dimensions beyond our understanding. Where science and magic intertwine. Yeah. And so, you know, you start reading it and, you know, again, like Sam Keith's art is incredible. And I love his paneling or his lack of paneling. I love the, the use of these beautiful um, borders, almost like frames, ornate frames. It feels like uh, Gaiman and Keith are presenting Sandman as an art piece from the beginning. Like mm. they are going like, hey, this comic is going to be, you know, a little more um, precious than maybe some of the other comics that you are reading at this time. Like there's a, a grandiose nature to it and it's there from the jump. So the story opens with this bereaved father going to this wizard uh, Roderick Burgess and saying like, hey, we were having that conversation about you wanting this particular book to control death. Well, now um, my son has died in the war and I want to end, I want to be part of ending death. So Roderick takes this book and he does the spell surrounded by his other people in this like little like ministry of mystery or whatever it's called. And he brings and that and that spell delivers an entity, but it's not death. It's this mysterious guy in this cloak with this almost like insect like straight out of alien helmet thing. Very Giger-esque. Mm -hmm. um, that image, which is like where the title page happens and the title is Sleep of the Just, that image is incredibly striking. And I've seen that helmet in statues and figures online. And I've always wondered like, oh, what the what's the deal with that? And and I don't think we really even understand what the deal with that is yet or if to we're me, going to. To me, it makes a, a, a ton of sense like that that would be kind of the result of a nightmare during the first world war because mm. you kind of almost get like a gas mask feel from it. Right, which is where the Wesley Dodds iteration of Sandman comes from, mm -hmm. right? And so that is like a visual connection to the golden age Sandman character. And so, yeah, it feels like a natural progression. So they have this entity who they trap in this glass cage, but, and, and whom we know is the Sandman, but there are like a handful of characters that I guess were in the dream realm at the time of the spell. And they are forever changed having this, um, mystical entity removed from existence or removed out of their their realm. Right, and those characters are a young girl in Toronto, Canada named Ellie, uh, a man in Jamaica. Um, Daniel. Daniel, uh, a poor soldier on the front lines uh, in the trenches in Verdun. Verdun, is it Verdun? It's Verdun, right? In France, World War I. Oh, this is one of those things where it's like, I'm being vulnerable, I don't know things. Correct me, listeners. And then in London, England, we have uh, Unity Kincaid uh, also trapped in sleep. So they, they each have kind of their own state that is brought on by uh, the Sandman being taken out of his realm. Um, they all end up having kind of tragic ends. Um, 
just I guess a trigger warning. There there are suicides in this book. There's also rape in this book. So um, I, we're not going to talk about those things in at length, but just a, a little trigger warning. Yeah, if you're going to read along with us, just be prepared. But these characters are not the only characters that are changed by Sandman being removed from his realm. There's a sleeping sickness that's taking over the world. There are people who are weirdly sleepless. There are people who are having dreams in the daytime. But over the course of this entire book, Sandman is trapped in this glass cage and he's just waiting. He's just waiting for his captors to screw up. Yeah, and for the majority of the first issue, we get very little from the Sandman character. And I know he's Morpheus, but they don't ever say Morpheus in this issue, do they? Mm -hmm. No. I don't think so, right? Okay, so, you know, it's it's not really about him. He's observing, he's waiting, we're waiting. But then when he does finally get out, like when he unleashes his intellect, like when you finally get to read his words and experience his point of view, it's very powerful. Oh, and uh, we are observing. I feel like we are very much observing Sandman by his absence in the world where yeah. like him being one of the endless, which is kind of briefly introduced in this first issue, is part of what makes, you know, our realm of reality function. So right. if you take out any of those pillars of the endless, we spin kind of slightly out of control. So when he finally, uh, so... Uh, Roderick Burgess is then replaced by um, his son, and it's his son. Alex. Alex, um, who eventually, you know, uh, releases Sandman by accident, screws up. And uh, then we see Sandman, like, go and kind of rebuild his strength. But in that time, the world writes itself. Like, all of these people who are... Under the under the sleeping sickness and all of those those characters that were introduced at the beginning of his captivity, the, their horrors are now over. Like their sickness is now over, though their lives are irrevocably changed. And there's also this moment uh, when Roderick is fading from life, where we learn that within the cult there has been this schism and the character what's his name Sykes I believe yeah. uh, he has stolen the helmet uh, that Giger helmet and also he has the, the the jewel and the amulet and he presents it to an off-screen demonic presence at one point and like that's got to come back mm -hmm. relatively soon very curious about that and when his wife Sykes's wife leaves him she takes the amulet and the mask and that leaves him vulnerable and his last moments are a very splattery one where he explodes everywhere <laughs> it's so nasty it's it, a great panel it's a great panel uh so you know when alex he kind of you know, as he's aging, he starts to take on his father's desire for immortality. He does not want to die. He's getting older and older. But in his age, he's also dropping his defenses. He's left the cult in the hands of others. Also, like, the cult's um, relationship with the mystical is kind of slowly fading away. Yeah. And there is this growing skepticism of magical realms. Um Alex has a partner named Paul, 
uh, who is more rooted in science. Yeah. And, and so after Alex, Paul is the one to take over. And you know that what like from this point on, the cult is going to be forever changed and coming from a different point of view. Right, right. And I love this moment in the late 60s when it seems like the youth are all into what Alex is into mm -hmm. and experimenting and like, you know, taking LSD and, and trips into those realms that Alex is aware of but doesn't really have access to. But then like the 70s hit and the hippies all leave him. Mm -hmm. And that's when his life is really just at a point of of no return. Yeah. Uh, and the way Sandman gets out of his glass uh, prison is that his wheelchair, Alex's wheelchair, scuffs the magical circle. Mm -hmm. uh, and when that happens, like the expression on Sandman's face, where he's like, I, this is what I've been waiting for. I knew it was happening. This is soon, soon, here it is. I'm now free. And it's time for me to get my revenge. And we also get that moment where those those characters who back in 1916 got either imprisoned in their sleep or were denied access to their dreams, they finally find relief. Mm -hmm. And so I think what's so wonderful about that moment is you're you're excited that the titular character can now do his thing and get revenge on these mad cultists, but also the relief that we get for those characters is deeply felt and emotional. And I was surprised by that. That was something that I was not anticipating while I was reading their stories. But in a very relatively short time, Sam Keith and Neil Gaiman made me care for each of those poisoned individuals. Mm -hmm. And so when they are uh, free of their torment, it's, it's so sad but beautiful and a relief. Well, you can see like in his, the way he creates a narrative, like a through line with Alan Moore, because like what makes these characters so real are all of those like little details. Like each of these small characters gets a full name mm -hmm. and a city of origin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through the art, you get to see the environment that they're in. You learn their family, their parents, their wives, you know. Even though you get maybe four panels on each of these characters. It's incredibly impressive. And that's something that Alan Moore also does. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, Neil Gaiman, like we were saying earlier, does feel like the protege of Alan Moore mm -hmm. when you look at these two works together. Or it, it it certainly creates a sense of genre yeah. where this this these two um Swamp Thing and Sandman are kind of like of a genre, yeah. of a vibe. Yeah, of a vibe for sure. Uh okay, but now Sandman's out. What did you think of his revenge on Alex? His revenge is something called the Eternal Waking, where he can't really tell if he's fully asleep or fully awake. So he'll think that he's in reality, but then all of a sudden something gnarly starts happening and he's like, oh no. I, I like, I was blown away by it. And again, I was like, oh my God, this is like a perfect Tales from the Crypt comic. Well, I mean, it's horrible because because we've like, I definitely, I'm a big time. I have really super realistic gnarly weird yeah, dreams and both of us have both of us i've experienced sleep paralysis have you i have yeah uh, once one time you've had and sleep it paralysis. wasn't that long ago and it was 
so scary. It's it's a really frightening thing. I've had sleep paralysis maybe like a handful of times, and it's just so scary. So the idea of being trapped in that place like forever is is a, it's a nightmare. There is a goofy documentary made by the guy who made that Shining Room two three seven or whatever the number is documentary called The Nightmare. Mm -hmm. That's all about sleep paralysis, and there's a lot of woo to it. But if you're interested in that phenomenon, I would recommend watching it. Mm -hmm. Or lucid dreaming, yeah. I think, also. Uh, when he said eternal waking, and, and I was like, oh, what is that? Like, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder what does that mean? And as I'm reading the page and we get to the bottom and he wakes up again, like that was also like a crazy surprise. I was not expecting that. Yeah, yeah, it's shocking. Yeah, it's, it's very, very effective, very well told. Sam Keith, like a true master. And I'm sad because I think Sam Keith leaves the book after issue five. Uh -huh. So his time on the comic is not long. Does he come back, listeners? I don't know. I hope so because I love Sam Keith so much. So what I want to talk about now is, okay, so we have this like full story, the story of um, Sandman's relationship with this cult. And, and through it, we've gotten to see exactly what influence Sandman has over the world. Now we go like, this isn't a self-contained story, though. Right. 75 it does, issues. <laughs> it does keep going. So, like, what are the elements of the story that you, like, what are the threads of the story that you really want to follow and, and you're really curious about? Yeah, I mean, that that's, uh, I mean, that's a great question, Lisa. And I am aware of a, of a few things mm -hmm. because, you know, Sandman is so ingrained in popular culture. You know, The Endless is mentioned here. We're going to meet a whole bunch of other characters, his siblings, I imagine. Yeah, his sister, he, death, and, delirium, destiny, and they, desire. They mentioned. Oh, they don't even mention delirium. She was one of my favorites. Uh, I have no idea who that is. But they mentioned death in this comic. And I love when Sandman hears that. Oh, wait, hold on. Your original plan was to capture death? Are you mad? That's a terrible idea. You are so lucky that death did not come in your spell because you would be truly doomed in a way that you're not already doomed because I'm going to mess your life up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and knowing the, that death uh, and the image of death that I have seen, like you know, the juxtaposition of what, Sandman is saying in this moment versus what I know death to look like, like that's exciting too. Mm -hmm, so I yeah. am really like jazzed to meet all these other characters. Um, what, what is, I don't know. I don't know if I would say the word is disappointing, but one of the aspects that I liked so much about the first issue is how it is this tour through history. And so if we are going to be trapped in 1988, I, like, uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to be good because the storytelling here is good. But I love how we see 1916, 1945, 1968 in this comic. Like its relationship with history is is very engaging. What makes me curious is like uh, Sandman's relationship with time, mm. because when he when he he's not like the kind of eternal entity that doesn't have like needs. Mm. Like when he comes out of his imprisonment, he's hungry, mm. you know? Mm. And right. And um and he does like say like I experienced like when he's trapped, he does say like I experience time the same way that you do and I'm in here and I'm bored, you know? So 
so he does like to hunger is a kind of like frailty and to feel the passage of time is also a, a type of mortality. That sequence where he finally dips into the dream world and he goes into that character, Mort, uh, Mort Notkins, mm -hmm. who has this recurring dream where he's at a swell party and he's dressed as a clown. And the people who are laughing at him are Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, John Wayne. Uh, and, and the way that Sandman eats is there's Colonel Sanders over in the corner and Sandman <laughs> goes into his bucket of chicken laughed out loud. Yeah, really so fun. Great. So great. And this is also a point where uh, Neil Gaiman taught me a new word. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't know the word raiment. Yes. Uh, you and, and you did. My wife's so smart. <laughs> uh, raiment means clothing, right? Yep. So yay. Thank you, Neil Gaiman. New word in my brain. I appreciate that. And I think it would be kind of fun as we go through this, I imagine I'll be learning all kinds of new words for Neil Gaiman. <laughs> so like a little uh, Gaiman vocabulary yeah, lesson? Yeah, yeah. So there's one. There's one. I Yeah, I look forward to the others. Because Patrick Rothfuss, in his introduction, used another word I had never heard before. And what was it? I've already forgotten it. It's meant, like it's like morandering or something? Uh, maundering. Maundering, maundering, yeah. Such a great word. M-A-U-N-D-I-R-I-N-G, which means to ramble, uh, you know, verbally. Yeah. So I was like, okay, two words. Fabulous. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so super excited about that. Uh, anything else that we need to cover about Sandman issue number one before we get out of here? Um, I think also the, the, his, oh, so I already mentioned his relationship to time, to time mm -hmm. and the way he feels time. Um, so I, I'm interested to, to know, um, is he eternal? How is he eternal? Is, since he's capturable, does that mean he's killable? All of those wonderful questions. I also like um, the idea of exploring the space where fantasy meets reality mm. and how those two things um, kind of need each other to exist and need each other to exist in balance. So um, I'm interested in that conversation as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I I'm very excited at the process of reading this series now, having read issue one. And I love the format in which we are doing this. Uh -huh. One issue at a time. And I think the greatest challenge for this podcast series will not be jumping ahead to the next issue. So I'm not reading issue two until next weekend. I know, I know. And, and I think that there is a temptation to bank. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I think we should make a solemn swear to our listeners not to bank. All right, we won't bank episodes. Yes. And we won't read ahead. So if we're traveling or something, then you might Not like get an, well, you might get a, like an iPhone episode. You won't get a sitting at the mic episode. Okay, okay, yeah. I think that's I think that's a good idea. I think because that's a good idea. Because I like the idea of going like, okay, I have lived with this for a full week. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and I think, you know, one of the challenges in reading single issues, especially on a monthly basis, it shouldn't be so much of a problem on a weekly basis, but sometimes 
trying to remember what went on in the previous issue mm-hmm. is difficult. And I'm sure that'll happen here. But I, I think it's okay before I read issue two, if I do a quick flip through of issue one. Yeah, right? I do. I, when I read something for the first time, I do like to keep not necessarily notes, but like a character list, like mm-hmm. a list of proper nouns. Um, because then if, say, Daniel Bustamante comes back, mm-hmm. like I'm like, okay, well, I see that he was mentioned in in issue one. So I am going to, but yeah. also having that kind of like map of how people are introduced sometimes keeps me plugged into the plot. I'm a little tempted to do notes as well because there are so many characters. There it's are a lot. So, like just talking about it right now, I'm like, oh. I wish I wish I had a better understanding of this issue. Well, I do. I do have my character list. I'd be happy to share it with you. Oh well, thank you. I would love that. Uh, we should do a Google Doc. It would be. We should do a Google Doc, or we should just take a photo of my notes. I, <laughs> I had a really good handwriting day today, yeah, folks. Uh, let's take a photo of your notes, and we can put that up on our social medias as well. Uh, mm. So, I, I, are we done? I, I feel like we're done. I feel like we're done. I oh. mean, I do think that we could take a like a little bit of a you know, comic book couples counseling approach and go like, what lessons have we taken? But I think that it's a little too, it's a little premature uh, yeah, I mean, to have that conversation. Like, I think, you know, on the first issue, the lessons that I learned are don't uh, trap a, a dream. Like, you know, <laughs> don't mess around in the mystic arts because uh, it's going to come and bite you in the butt. You're, I do not want any of that eternal waking. That's what I've taken away. Oh, yeah. Just like the the arrogance of mortals is always like a valuable Yeah. And a platform for our lessons. Never goes out of style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the comic is still incredibly relatable to today. Uh, all right. So that is going to do it. Listeners, uh, new patrons, please let us know what you thought of this episode. Uh, let us know what you would like to see as these episodes go uh, on. Uh, you, you have just signed up for a long journey with Comic Book Couples Counseling. We're excited. We hope you're excited. Don't forget to, um, on our Patreon page or in the Slack, maybe you should start a, not a thread, a channel in the Slack for this. Uh, I mean, I'll start a channel in the Slack for sure. Uh, but I would encourage uh, all our patrons to use the comments of these episodes. Yes, please. We, like Lisa said, we will return to those comments before we record our next episode, and we will take any of the questions you leave there. Or comments. They don't have to be questions. Yeah, comments, questions, thoughts, suggestions, thoughts. Short just, poems. Short, oh, I, I'm down for a poem. <laughs> uh, put them in the comments and let us know what you want. And uh, yeah, we'll address them then. I think I've already said that. Oh, also... I'm trying to come up with like a good name for this series. Lisa mentioned sleepwalking with Sandman. Or through Sandman. Or sleepwalking through Sandman. I like that even better. You know, it's kind of like Star Wars uh, minute by minute, but like Sandman issue by issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said Sandman's got issues. I think I like Lisa's the most, sleepwalking through Sandman. Uh, So that might be the title of this episode. But if you've got a better title, let us know about that too. And uh, we'll put it to a vote. Yeah, I mean, and uh, well, I mean, this is so far in the future to even be thinking about it. But do we want a title that we could carry on to other stories? Like we can't do sleepwalking with whatever we do after right, this. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, what I 
again, I love doing it in singles, and we read this digitally, uh, the first issue. I want to get a hold of some physical copies. Yeah. I do want to treat this like I'm going to the shop and picking it up in we 1988. Do, we do have the brick of the absolute edition. We're yeah. never cracking that. It's yeah. so unwieldy. Yeah, yeah. And we don't have every absolute edition. We have the first three because I wasn't reading them. I was just buying them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that felt foolish. Um, but... Maybe I should crack up with those absolute editions as well. Uh, yeah, rather than spend more money. But I like reading it in singles. I like well, holding I mean, the staples. They, you know, absolute editions, as as collectible and wonderful as they are, they're not they're not a fun read. Yeah. Like like physically, it's uh, yeah, cumbersome. Yeah. I remember reading Watchmen in Bed one night, the absolute edition, and waking up the next day with horrible backache because of the way I was holding it in bed. So, yeah. uh, you know, you can't read spoon Watchmen. You cannot spoon Watchmen. Absolute uh, edition. Yeah. So that's going to do it, friends. Thank you for hanging out with us. See you next week. Don't forget, we're going to have a Pete Dory creator cranny dropping in this feed soon. We are launching our Green Arrow and Black Canary series this week as well. And we did a little bit of a change up. We're not just going to cover Green Lantern, Green Arrow number because 78. Because it, it wasn't enough, you guys. It wasn't enough. We wanted to go back to the early Justice League of America issues where Black Canary travels from Earth 2 to Earth 1 and starts up her romance with uh, Greed Arrow shortly after her husband is murdered by Aquarius. And by shortly, we mean like, you know, same weekend. Yeah, same weekend. Next episode. Next issue. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're going to be covering, ooh, I put it up on Twitter. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I think it is Justice League of America issues 74 through 75, as well as Justice Justice League of America issues 78 and 79. Uh, so pick those up. They're available digitally, really cheap. Uh, for Sandman, I went ahead and did the 30-day free trial on Kindle Unlimited because mm -hmm. all the Sandman comics are there. Yeah. So I think I'm going to just continue to do that. But I may go back to Victory Comics and buy that issue seven just so I can have one episode where I'm reading a, a, an actual floppy comic book. So that's going to do it for us. Um, I said that enough already. Okay, uh, bye guys. Bye guys, sweatpants mode. Woo! Doopy doopy.